Hi, it's Nicole Leemaster from Coleology, a consciousness podcast. And today I have Amanda Zimmerman. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Nicole. Um, on the phone with me. And we're going to talk about her journey through the adoption process. And a lot of times I do a short bio, but today I'm going to use a small quote and then we're going to go into her process. Um, that basically sums up her bio. And what she wrote was, what I really got out of the whole adoption experience, after all the heartbreak, anger, and roller coaster of emotions, I learned that if you really want something bad enough, you can find the ways to fight for yourself and make it happen because no one will fight ever, no one will ever fight harder. I felt like before we started the adoption process, my heart was always broken. And it wasn't until I found our path to Aubrey that I felt whole again. Now, every time I look at her, I know my heart is healed, and it's been the most amazing experience of my life. And I just think that that's just such a beautiful sum up of your bio, and I'll post the actual bio on SoundCloud along with this podcast so you guys can read it, because there, there's a lot of moving parts to this story of yours, and I am so excited to just touch base and um, kind of just go into this journey of healing. And we, we could start wherever you would like to start with your process. Um, well, I mean, it, kind of if you want to, um, we can start with why we did the process. Um, the, we, the reason why we actually went, ended up going down the adoption road um, we, my husband and I, we had been trying to have kids for about four years. Um, and we ended up unfortunately having two miscarriages. And I think it got to the point where I just, I needed to have like a final, like an end point. Um, cause we kept trying, we kept trying and we saw fertility specialists and things like that. And, um, at this point I'm 37 and I was worried that, you know, we would keep trying and it was like, at what point? you know, are we going to decide that, okay, we need to go a different route. So we also, um, we're looking into foster care, um, because there's actually, um, foster to adopt programs. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times those kids can get, uh, will get reunited. I mean, not fortunately, unfortunately, but those kids, the whole, the whole goal of foster care is for them to get reunited back with their, their birth parents. Um, so we decided to go a different route, and we ended up um, using a wonderful, wonderful um, private adoption agency. Um, and that kind of started the the whole process. And it was it ended up um, we got really lucky because a lot of times people are waiting quite a while. We from the beginning of the process with them to the time that we actually got a phone call, um, I would say that it was about only six months. So we got very, very lucky. Yeah, and I think I think like what you just said in that in these this small short amount of time is like so much I would like to unpack with you because first I feel like um, I don't think a lot of times the story behind the person who's trying to adopt is really the story you hear. You a lot of times hear the story about the mom who can't keep the child um, or you end up hearing about the child's experience after they're grown about being adopted. But what I found really, um, like I just found a lot of the things that you went through um, moving and I feel like in, in the work that I do and then also in just like the media and 
um, the stories I've heard, it really hasn't like depicted a lot of the person who's trying to adopt and the emotional woes that go through and the emotions that like lead you to adoption. And um, I want to kind of start back at the beginning where you said um, you had two miscarriages. And um, the reason why I want to kind of start here is from a very real space before I actually had my son, um, I had a miscarriage as well. And I think that for some reason, and I'm not quite sure, and maybe you can tell me what you think about this, but um, I don't really think that people are talking about how emotional that process really is. Um, I was I was torn up. Like, I was seriously torn up when that happened to me. And there wasn't a lot of space. Like, people... Uh, really wanted to support me, but really didn't know how. And I think, um, and I think that that moves people to um, act, right? Like it moved you to take control over how you were going to have this like family you always wanted, and it moved me into like I didn't know I wanted to have a child. My my first um, miscarriage was by accident. I by accident got pregnant um with the person I ended up planning on having a son with and now I have my son Isaac um but I got pregnant and then I was like oh wow I'm pregnant okay cool I was in I was in like that space in life that like it was a cool experience um but I didn't ever think I was going to be a mom and then I really embraced that I was pregnant and then I went through this whole process of losing this thing that like I I became attached to in this very short period of time because I I um had my miscarriage um at the end of my first trimester um and it's really hard to uh, really put words on that that experience, I think. And it's actually a super common experience that I don't know if it's taboo or but but people aren't really talking about it. So I kind of wanted to unpack with you uh, your thoughts around around that. Yeah, it's funny that the things that you were saying, because some of the things that you were saying are the same things that I was feeling. And like you were saying that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about it. Um, I have always been fairly open about it um, because I wanted my friends to understand like why I was maybe acting a certain way or why I was, you know, seemed to be feeling the things that I was feeling. And it was absolutely incredible to me how many I didn't realize how common it was until it happened and I started talking about it because I, I mean, I had friends come out of the woodwork that, you know, they were like, yeah, it did happen to me. And I had no idea. I know. Um, and, and it's interesting because yeah, until you actually, unless you actually go through the process, you know, and unfortunately have you know, have that happen to you, it's, people don't understand, you know, it's, and I've changed the way that I act, um, you know, in regards to, you know, people trying to have kids, I never ask somebody, you know, are you guys trying to have kids or, you know, are you, you know, just just questions like that. And I try to be more um, sympathetic as far as just, you know, kind of talking about my, my trial to other people, because you, you really don't know what somebody is going through, because I can tell you every time during that process, every time I would see, you know, of course I was 
happy for my friends that got pregnant. Yeah. But, but I'm telling you, it did it not seem like everybody was like was getting pregnant? Yes. Or, or was, there was just babies all over. Or I was just noticing yeah. all of it, and I was looking. I I noticed things I had not noticed before, like mm-hmm. the way a mom would be looking at her child, and I'm like, oh, I want to look at my baby like that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I just remember being just like hyper emotional, mm, and yes. it was it was just you know I'm like you know I'm very very happy for people but then at the same time I found myself like getting angry and it's like how come it's happening for them and not for me and I um I don't know that's that's kind of I think that's one of the reasons why I was like okay we you know I cannot keep going through this I can't keep going through this every month and um I just found myself being such a sad person yeah and it wasn't who I was and and, you know, and I was just, you know, I was getting like angry and me and my husband were fighting and we don't usually fight. And it was just, it was just too much. And I just remember like when, as soon as we finally decided that the, that the adoption was going to go, that's the road that we were going down. It was literally just like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And I just remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to be a mom yeah, and this is how it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to touch on that too, but I still want to go, do you mind if I kind of still go back to the beginning so we can kind of unpack yeah. it? Um, sure. so, so thank you for sharing that. I really, I really appreciate that. And I wanted to also, when you were talking, like the emotional process, not only is like something happening in the psyche because of a grief and a loss, but it's also hormonal, right? I mean, your ho- hormones are like, um, going up and down through these, like through a miscarriage. And so like it, it's like, I I just want to hold space for people who are listening, who haven't been through a miscarriage, but know somebody who's going through it or, um, that like some of the emotions are actually like, there's this huge influx of holding a child. And then all of a sudden there's a huge influx or like lack of hormones that go out. And so like, the, the state of emotions are not as regulated because of all the hormone indifferences that are happening happening about being pregnant and then not being pregnant at such a fast rate. And so, um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that, sharing that. And, um, it's, it's just one of those things like I've known you, Amanda and I have known each other. When did we work at Sugar Daddy's in Arizona together? Oh my, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> like a long time ago. <laughs> I don't even know. Like <laughs> a long time ago, it's over a decade. Um, oh, for sure. Like, um, oh my gosh, I, I guess like, like 15 years, ago? yes, yes. Do you it's, want to say it's been a while? It's been a long time, and we, so, we've yeah. kind of we've kind of had our lives like in our loop and weave in and out. And thank God for Facebook, we stay in touch. Um, thank you. And I'm so like, thank you. And she has always been a special human in my life. Like she was always one of the sweetest servers that I worked with. And she, you're, you were just always, um, one of those people who you are who you are. And like, there, there's not like this thing where you're not sure what you're getting. Like you're just a sweet, kind person. And you like consistently were like that with everyone. And, I just, I appreciate you, and I think that that there's also that to be said, right? Like, we both went through a miscarriage, and although we weren't, like, intimately connected in fi- for 15 years, we have been in touch, and we both didn't know each of us had gone through that. No, actually, I didn't know that until just now. <laughs> I know, and I didn't know that until I read your bio. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I just I, th- I just think it's interesting and it's still not talked about a lot. And I think it's like a, a big source of grief and pain for a lot of people. And I think mm-hmm. talking about talking about it helps healing. So um, I think it I think it does, too. Absolutely. And, you know, like you were saying, it's the biggest thing is that people don't know what to say to you. Like you were you were saying, I, I mean, I wouldn't know what to say to me. Right. <laughs> you know? And I think that's what makes it hard for people to talk. Right. And I know, think, I think it. it's really like, like for me, I just wanted somebody to be there and let me cry and kind of like go through the waves of emotions of not even knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so, it was like, I lost like my, gr- I was very close to my great grandmother when I was young and I lost her and Um, it was probably, I've gone through several deaths since, but like, it was probably the most traumatic death for me. She was like, um, the matriarch of our family and uh, she was highly influential, influential for me. And even though it was a young age and like somehow my miscarriage of this unborn child that I had never met was just as hard as like losing my great grandmother. And I think that, um, like just holding space that like, even though it, it is like losing something of sig- significant value, um, almost like somebody, you know, and that's kind of hard to like pinpoint or understand unless you go through it. But just like being with somebody through the waves of emotion is like, is like enough and is like perfect. Uh-huh. And I think honestly, the, the people that helped me heal the most were the ones you're, you're not, you can't fix it. It doesn't matter what you say, you're not going to be able to fix it. So basically, I think just being there is the best thing that you could do for somebody, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for talking to me about that and being so open. Um, And so then the next part of the process, which I think is really interesting and I don't think is talked about a lot either, is um, the foster care process. And so I kind of wanted to kind of unpack. That's the next phase, right, that you went into pretty much? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, like, I remember in your bio, you talked about it's a long, lengthy process, right? Um, well, the, the foster care process, it's not necessarily long and lengthy. Um, I would say the adoption process is, is longer. Um, the foster process, you just go, and, and as everybody should, you go through um, quite a bit of training. Um, and uh, we didn't end up, I don't, know a ton about the foster process because we didn't end up actually going down that route. I do have friends that have adopted through the foster process. Um, and I believe most likely if we were to adopt again, that's probably the route that we would go. Um, but, um, yeah, a a lot of it was just, you know, a lot of training, um, because with fostering, you're not necessarily getting an infant. Um, so they do a lot of training in regards to, um, you know, with older kids and if you have siblings and things like that. Oh, so the training is kind of like helping the foster child kind of adjust to your way of life or something? No, it's not. Um, because at the, at that point you're not, you know, you don't have a foster child yet. Um, so basically the training is getting you prepared and kind of, you know, teaching you things like, you know, if the child's acting this way, it kind of more of like what to expect oh, okay. and how to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. That type of thing. So, and they, you know, and they explain, um, 
you know, kind of the, you know, type of feeling and emotions that these kids are going through, especially ones that have, you know, and they kind of try to get you to put yourself in their place. You know, can you imagine, you know, moving from, from house to house and, you know, all your stuff you have is in a garbage bag and, you know, things like that. And um, so it kind of gets you prepared for what, you know, you know, what, what might occur. So it kind of helps with like empathy toward the child you might end up with in your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, as a therapist intern, I work with um, a lot of foster kids. And I have to say, if you guys end up doing that, the foster system will be so lucky to have you. Seriously. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm being serious. Like, it's such a needed um, thing for these kids. Um, and then, so you decided not to go that route. And I, correct me Correct me if I'm wrong, it was because, uh, well, actually, you got angry. This is where, like, you kind of were, like, had it and kind of got angry with your husband because you didn't understand because he couldn't do it, right? Like, like he kind of, like, couldn't do it. But, but yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we actually, I, I remember we were sitting at a training, and I remember looking at him, and he just looked off. Like, he just, he looked like he was just not not himself and I remember him I think he like left the room and then he came back and um after the training he flat out just said I just had an anxiety I'm having like a lot of anxiety I just had an anxiety attack and he's like this is just not for us this is not for us and I think one of the biggest fears for him was you know like I was saying with the foster process they're trying they're the whole point of it is they want reunification with the parent. Um, and the kids to be taken care of in the meantime. Um, and he's concerned about, you know, us getting attached to a child and then us losing them because that's not what our goal was. Our goal was to be parents. And at the time I had other friends that had pretty easily adopted out of the foster care system, but it's not guaranteed. Right. So I think that was, that was his main concern. Um, you know, that, and they talk about like behavioral issues and things like that. And, Um, I think it just wasn't things that, you know, he was prepared for. So at the time, I completely understand it now. I completely understand it. At the time, though, it was just my reaction. It was just like a dagger. (laughs) You know, I just, I didn't expect it. I mean, I guess I, I guess in a way I did expect it. However, I was just hoping that it wasn't going to happen. And so kind of when we were going through the, when we started going through the foster process, I said, I thought, okay, this is kind of our our end game, but I could tell that he wasn't completely a hundred percent on board. Right. And, you know, and then finally, once he said that I was just, I was heartbroken. Right. Cause, you know, cause I didn't think that we could afford adoption. I didn't think that that was a route. And then I remember walking down the hallway right after that last training and him saying, we're, we're going to do, we're just going to do adoption. And, um, and it, it was weird. It was right then. And I was like, Oh, okay. Stop the presses. I didn't know that was enough. And, Uh, Um, yeah and um yeah and then that's kind of that's you know how we got taken into the you know the um private adoption so so I want I want to talk about the private adoption but can I talk a little bit about I kind of want to understand like so going through all of this emotional stuff you were still working right oh yeah Mm -hmm. and what what was your like support system in place to kind of because I feel like um you kind of seem to have a very strong marriage like and and I also kind of know from our 
previous history, you're kind of, you're a very stable kind of even keel type person that's pretty grounded. And uh, overall, I would like say consistently like cheery and bright. Um, so like, I'm kind of wondering like when, when like stuff like really kind of shook you to your core, like what were some of the resources you used to kind of help help your, you get through it? Did you do like therapy or what, or did you not need it because you had a strong family support system or? Um, a lot of it, honestly, like I kind of leaned on my friends, um, that had been through the same thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, that was just hearing other people going through the, you know, kind of the same situation that I did. Um, and then a lot of, you know, most of them that have gone through it now have kids or parents. So I knew that, but they were able to, you know, they were able to um, have, end up having kids. Um, so it, that was kind of nice because I had them, you know, to lean on. And then, of course, my husband, um, at the same time, though, he wasn't able to understand why I was getting so emotional and he wasn't, I mean, and, and he's just, there was no way he could understand it, you know, and he didn't understand why, you know, somebody would say, you know, tell us that they're pregnant and I would get angry, not to them, but you know, it wasn't. So we did end up doing, um, a little bit of therapy just because we weren't making decisions properly together. Um, and I was afraid that, you know, once we end up, you know, we did end up having, having a kid. I was like, I didn't know. I, I wanted to make sure that we had a stable environment to bring them yeah. into. Yeah, that's so, cool. That's awesome. So was that your first round at therapy? Yeah. And did you like it? Um, I did. I did. It, you know, it's, it's funny because I, when we got there, it was, I mean, it was kind of, it was nice to initially talk about things, but then when, when things got better and we actually, you know, got the call and, you know, we're, we're going through the adoption process with Aubrey, it was almost like we didn't really have anything to talk about. Yeah, that's <laughs> And we realized, and, you know, we, our last, our last time we went, I realized, you know, she was, you know, they're kind of bringing up things that we had been arguing about. And at, and then at that point I was like, this is so insignificant and there's no reason to bring it up because everything's okay now. So, um, you know, I kind of realized that the whole, you know, I mean, and, that, and that's a large, a large thing is, you know, you know, trying to have, have kids and it's extremely stressful right. and, you know, and that was basically the foundation for all of our problems. I, I felt like. Yeah, and I mean, and you were coming into um, therapy, right, with a pretty solid foundation. Like, you you guys aren't the arguing couple or the problem couple. and No. Yeah, so, I mean, like, that would make sense. Like, and you guys, yeah, very cool. Thank you. Thank you again for sharing some more of your intimate details. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and then, so then you finally got to the adoption process. And do you mind me asking, because uh, you mentioned that, like, you didn't know you you could have the money for it. And I have heard adoption is really expensive here in America. Like, that's why a lot of people adopt overseas. How, do you mind me asking how much it is to even consider um, being an adoptive parent? No, I can tell you, I think we ended up... Um, the average cost, and I can tell you, ours ended up being close to twenty five thousand. 
Okay. Um, it can get a little bit more expensive than that. Our um, daughter's birth mom just happened to be so far along. <laughs> um, she, We literally met her three weeks before Aubrey was born. So there wasn't as many um, costs involved as is possibly, you know, a birth mom that um, wasn't quite as far along. Now, um, but they said that's about the average. So could, now, could you tell me, because I'm not even aware sure. of... And, and thank you for sharing this. Um, I'm not even aware of, like, what do what are those costs going toward? Like, so, like, your costs were, le- like, less because you had to meet with her less. But, like, are you mm-hmm. paying, like, are you paying per, like, what are the costs going towards? Because I'm kind of confused. Okay. So, the one thing people think is, like, oh, my gosh, you, you just have to drop that amount of money, you know, all at once. It's, it's not like that at all. Um, as soon as the first meeting that we had with the adoption agency, we got an entire cost breakdown. And it tells you exactly where it's going to. And it's all administrative. Um, the oh. largest fee that we had is, you know, people are thinking, oh, you're buying a kid or whatever. It has nothing to do with that at all. Um, none of the money goes to it. It's, it's not like they're handing money to a birth mom. Um, it's all going to, you know, administrative. And the biggest chunk was the um, actual, like, court fees. Oh. Um, the, law- the lawyer fees for when we were doing the final papers. That's the that's the largest one. And is that um, I I didn't even think of that. So is the is the lawyer fee like so when you're doing the final papers? Is this something that you're like you and your husband are making choices, and then you're you're kind of like in communication with the birth mom, and you guys are deciding how this is going to look like throughout the rest of the child's life? Or honestly, the the way, um, at least our agency works, I, I can't speak for others, but um, the way our agency worked is they literally did all that. They, you know, they meet with the birth mom and they just, you know, and they talk over, you know, kind of their wishes and and um, we, I knew exactly what her birth plan was before we even, you know, went to the hospital. Um, and we have an open adoption. So what, okay, so, so wait, so hold on, you're saying so many things I don't, I'm not aware of, because I haven't. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 thank, thank you. Um, so a birth plan, so do you kind of have an adoption plan that you give to your worker, and then they have a birth plan, and then they try to match, like, a birth plan to an adoption plan, or, like, what, what does, what does that mean, exactly? No, there's, there's actual, like, there's, there's, I don't want to say like guidelines, but there's actually, um, you know, there's, because it's an open adoption, it's, you know, it's a little bit different than how it used to be. Um, so basically we're just kind of, you know, told, you know, this is, you know, for just for an example, um, we had to sign, you know, we signed a piece of paper and it's not legally binding. It's ethically binding as far as, um, saying, you know, I'm going to send letters to the birth parents every three months, Uh, you know, letters and pictures every three months. And, you know, just so, you know, they know that, um, you know, this is kind of, so basically, so we know what they're expecting. Now, open adoption is as open as the birth parents want it to be. So we had to be completely open to, you know, having, you know, if they wanted to meet once a year or, you know, whatever it is, but which is, which was completely fine with us. Um, but it's absolutely as open as they want it to be because some birth parents don't want, you know, they don't even want pictures. They don't, they don't want anything. Uh, you know, ours does. We give, we give her pictures and letters every three months. 
Um, so it's that, that type of thing. Okay. So, and are you going to actually meet with the birth mom as well? Um, I mean, we, we've met her. We, um, we, you know, she texts me every once in a while and, um, before you meet them, um, in person before, as soon as they choose you, that's when you, you actually do have a meeting in person. Um, so we, we've met and we, you know, we saw each other at the hospital as well. Um, they have decided at this point, um, that there is no plan for them to, to meet. Um, however, you know, that can, you know, I, that's open, you know, they can change that and down the road if they want to. And can I ask you like what that, what that's like for you? Like knowing, like, what is that like to kind of have a child and then you're raising, I, I imagine you're raising her just like as your own, right? It's your child. Oh, completely. And, yeah. um, and then knowing that there's kind of this tether to the bio mom, um, or like what, what is that like for you knowing, like, I don't know. So, so for me, like, I'm just trying to put myself like empathetically in your shoes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have like such amazing high anxiety that I would, and one part of me would want the bio mom to be involved. Right. Because this child sh- should know who that is. And then the other part of me would be freaking out about no not knowing what that actually means because it's so open it sounds like like it's like huh let's just wait and see which is actually a beautiful thing (laughs) because the unfolding we really don't know what's going to unfold tomorrow or years from now but um not having any type of security around what that looks like being involved in like this child's life would kind of like be super anxiety provoking for me Here's the thing. It's it's not that it's and there and I definitely don't look at it as like a tether by any means. Um, she has wonderful, wonderful birth parents, and they also have other kids as well. Oh, um, okay. We, we actually couldn't even be in a better situation. Um, we get along with them really, really well. Like if we would, these are people that we would actually be friends with regularly. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, they're wonderful, wonderful people. And the thing with, with them is Aubrey is always going to know where she came from. She's always going to know her, you know, her birth parents and she's going to know about them. I've saved every letter, every text message, Aww. everything from Aww. them. And they're going to be sending letters to her. And so it's never going to be a mystery. You oh, know, she's always going to know yeah, who, who they are. I have pictures of them in her bedroom. Um, and so, how, how are you planning on doing that? Um, it's, you know, they, they kind of talk about it in trainings and things like that. And it's, it's funny cause they, they mention you know, just start explaining it while they're, you know, basically too little to understand. Um, because that way you kind of get better at it as you go. Um, yeah. so sometimes, you know, I'll be holding Aubrey and I'll point to a picture of like one of her siblings and I'll, you know, I'll say, this is this, you know, this is who this is. And you know, and um, we kind of use a term "tummy mommy," um, which actually was a term that um, one of the um, caseworkers from the adoption agency uses for hers. Um, and uh, so we kind of refer to to her birth mom as her tummy mommy. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's all so she'll and and it's and I guess um, I kind of didn't explain it right. So if 
as far as them meeting up with us, um, it's if it's best for Aubrey, if it's best for her. She, you know, she's our daughter, so we have to do what's best for her. If it's if it's something that they want, and then I think it's you know, me and Paul think it's best for her. That's when we'll meet. You know, we'll oh, meet up. So okay, it is a like choice. That, okay, yeah. that feels so much less. I was like, oh my gosh, what if yes. this mom just decides at like fifteen she wants to be involved and like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I've watched no. and I've read so many like I've read books about adoption and then I've also um watched some documentaries and I mean like Mm -hmm. and unfortunately obviously the things that the documentaries that actually get aired are like you know the part the things that will sell so it's like the worst case scenario of what the biological mom could possibly be Mm -hmm. and I just was thinking like oh my gosh I don't know at that 15 I could or 14 or even 12 like I could just have like this type of mom pop in after like and I, I would have to manage that because it's open but like I, I like I I see what you mean by open now. It's like there's, yeah. there's potential in communication, but there's still like choice and and your discernment. Uh, absolutely. Oh. Like I don't know where I know what city they live in. I don't know where they live. They don't know where we live. Okay. You know, so it's you know everything. And and I'm sorry. I guess I should have said this. When I send them pictures and letters, it's through. The, it's to the adoption agency, and then the adoption agency sends it to them. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So every everything is through there, but yeah, we just happen to be in like such a wonderful situation that I know she came from such great people, Aww. and they are great parents. They're really, really great parents, and um, you know, I have pictures of their kids and everything, and um, I know so much about them just from the process. They right. just, you know, they have to divulge everything. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I've, I've told them flat out, you know, if down the road, if they ever did, you know, want to meet up, we would be, you know, we'll, if, and if it's something that Aubrey wants, then, you know, we'll definitely consider it because they do have other kids. And I think it's only fair, especially since they don't live far from us at all. Um, if she, you know, especially if she stays an only child, you know, if she wants to meet them, I think it's only right for her to be able to do that. If that's something that they want as well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like where you're speaking from feels very heartfelt and compassionate and very grounded. And that's really awesome. Like how, how fortunate for her and them and you too. Yeah. I mean, we just found ourselves in a, in a lucky situation. Um, you know, I just, I just love the, you know, the people that she came from and, um, and, um, so. Well, and they obviously loved you like that. That was something else that, I just found interesting too is like they picked they picked you like what an honor it, you know it is the whole the process is kind of interesting and the way that they chose us was it was a crazy crazy story um the basically they had been um they found another couple that um they were going to through not through an agency. I think it was like through Facebook or something, and it ended up not working out. Um, to make a long story short, um, just they were they were having a lot of problems with them, so they decided to you know cut ties with them. Well, at that point, they decided to they or they found um, the adoption agency that we went through. After the meeting with them, um, they decided obviously to go through the process um, through them, and they I think they were went on their website and they just happened to see some profiles um, because now you have an online um, profile and we had a video on there and everything, and that's how they find you know that's how they see you, and they just happened to out of all these profiles. 
they chose us. Although at that point, the agency hadn't matched our preferences with them and vice versa. And they just had mentioned to the agency, you know, oh my God, you know, we found this couple and we love them. And they're like, well, they don't, and they never told them what our names were. So the, the, the agency had no idea who they chose. And they said, well, you know, let's wait. Cause we don't know if their preferences match yours. Well, we had gotten a call for another child. Um, it was probably like a week and a half before, um, which we decided to pass on just due to, you know, the, the circumstances with, with that one. And, um, that day, my husband called and let the agency know that, you know, what was going on with that and that we were deciding to pass on that one. And the the caseworker of our birth mom just happened to basically be walking out of her house to go see her um, to bring her profiles. Well, she called her before she left and she said, you know, we have this other couple. Can you add them in there? Well, there was 25 profiles that they were showing, which is a lot. Yeah. And if you had told me that it was 25 that they had to choose from, I would have just gone on with my day and not even really thought about it, to be honest. Right. Um, well, apparently, you know, once they started looking at the, the profiles, we were like the third one. And they were like, oh, my God, this is the couple that we wanted. Oh, my God. And I know it was just very, it was obviously meant to be. It was very crazy. Um, and they said that they looked at other profiles and they looked at videos. And she's like, you know, and she was talking about Aubrey's birth father. And she's like, yeah, he, like, got up and got coffee and whatever and wasn't really paying attention. And, you know, but because we had, you know, they said, you know, you have to look at these other profiles. You really want to. And, um you know, they were just like, no, this is, this is who we want. And, um, it was just, it was an amazing feeling. It was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. That's, could you, could you tell me, um, a little bit about what your video was like? Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. You will, your profile, you have pictures and it's kind of like a, you know, a bio and, um, a little bit about you and you, you, they want you to have a lot of pictures about, um, you know, basically just kind of showing who you are. So we have pictures of our dogs and some of our home, and then we had a nursery ready. So we had pictures of that and, you know, just, you know, us doing silly things and stuff that we like to do. Well, the video, um, not everybody does it. It's an option. It's included with, you know, the package. And, um, it's basically, they, they send you a video camera and they edit it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And it, it's just, it's basically us, they, they give you kind of like an outline and it's just kind of us talking about ourselves and showing, you know, like part of our video is like us playing in the, in our backyard with our dogs and, Aww. you know, us going to the park and, and things like that, just so they kind of get an idea of your lifestyle and a little bit more about you that's not in pictures. Yeah. So it was very, I mean, it, at first it was like so strange to do because you're sitting there talking about each other while you're sitting next to each other. It's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was a process, but I'm definitely glad that we did it because um, the birth parents, they didn't realize that they had a video until the case, that there was a video that we had added until the caseworker mentioned it. And they were like, oh, my God, we, we, you know, we didn't know. And she said they watched it a ton of times. So it really did mean a lot to them that that was on there. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine it makes you feel connected. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, like, even on Facebook, like, being – I mean, the reason why I love Facebook is I have family and friends all over the world and, like, snippets of video and you're just like, oh. And it's it's a false sense of connection, but there is, like, some tie to being – 
like feeling like you you're sharing a moment with someone and mm-hmm. um or you're you're getting to be like part of their experience in some way or and then like when I touch base with them on the phone it's like I wasn't there but I get to like share in like what they were doing and it's like it's so special mm-hmm. it is and that you know technology is wonderful for that I know isn't it yeah, so. Um, and then the last thing, which is also the, on the Facebook, um, avenue of things is the whole reason why the podcast even came about with you was because I had posted something, which I think is wonderful. And anybody who's listening, who wants to volunteer, there are things called what, what was the, what is the person who's cuddling a baby actually called? They're actually just called cuddlers. 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 And you can go and volunteer your time with the infant babies um, and cuddle them when the parents aren't around. And your child was a beneficiary of this process, right? Yeah, and apparently, and I honestly, like I had mentioned to you, I had never even known this was a thing, Um, but she was, my daughter was in two different um, NICUs after she was born. She was in the hospital for two weeks, and they had these at both hospitals, so apparently it's like a common thing, Um, but we would come in, and at first there was like a stranger like holding our daughter, and I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Um, And... um, but what they they say that um, when you know babies are you know are cuddled and held, it, it helps them get to go home quicker because it you know it helps them feel with the healing process. Um, and as you know, parents whose kids are in the NICU, you can't be there twenty four hours a day. You just you can't. Um, we were there nine hours a day, and you know we would take a you know a lunch break in between. So we were there a lot, but right. um, it's kind of nice because, I mean, literally, they just come in and they just cuddle babies. Yeah, and I'm thinking that is the best volunteer job you can possibly the, possibly have. The best when when <laughs> I saw that article, I was just like, oh my gosh! Like if I have time to volunteer, that is the next volunteer job. And then that is how we started talking because your daughter got to do that with yeah. um, the volunteers and. Like from a healing lens, which I'm going to also say this. So um, you're a paramedic as well as a CPR um, instructor. And you know what I was thinking um, because you didn't give me those links professionally. If you want, if you would, please, um, when I post this, could you please send me the link to your company for the CPR? And also, um, what is the name of the company you went through for the adoption process? Or do you not want to release that? It's okay. It's um, Adoption Associates. And if you want to send me the link for that for anybody who hears this that might be in your area looking so it's easy and accessible for them because it sounds like you just had the most amazing experience. Um, But – but like I, I'm coming from a healing lens and I read that article and I was just like, wow, like talk about healing. And I believe in like co-regulation and skin on skin and like heart heart um beats sinking up and breath breathing sinking up and just like being loved like what that does for like any individual and how powerful that must be for this little infant and um I'm so happy I posted that article and that you and I got to be in touch again in this deep way and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to go through your process and I feel honored um, to be sharing that with you. 
Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. It's, it's been great catching up. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, what I'll do is I will, anybody who's listening, follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Tumblr or Facebook under Coleology, any of basically the multimedia, <laughs> social media things. And I'm doing podcasts on healing and the way we can help each other and co-regulate and love one another and just all the things that we can do that like sometimes we don't think about as avenues of um, healing. So thank you for your story and sharing this gift with me and whoever ends up listening and I will be in touch. Well, thank you. I hope it helps. What? What? Oh, no, I just, I just said that I, I hope it helps everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I was like, what did she say? I'm sorry. No. <laughs> it, it, do, it does. I think it does. Even if it reaches just one person, right? I mean, and uh, yeah, even if it's just one. So thank you for, your, for listening today and take care. Have a wonderful day. Bye.